Hey friends, welcome to the Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm, a weekly podcast that brings biblical teaching to everyday people in ways we can understand and then put into practice. I'm Gwen DeSelm, and it is my pleasure to be your host for these moments together today. Our teacher is Dave DeSelm. Dave spent over 40 years in pastoral ministry, planting, growing, and leading a church. Currently, he is the executive director of Dave DeSelm Ministries, offering resources for everyday pastors and the people they lead, such as a weekly blog, devotionals, coaching, speaking, and more. You can find out more about us at davedeselmministries.org. Today's teaching in our series on the life of Joseph is called Becoming a Bozo. Well, for those of us of a certain age, the name Bozo is familiar. He was a crazy-looking clown with big clown shoes and a big clown nose and bright red hair that stuck out in a stiff wave around his head. Well, Dave begins his message by interacting with a Bozo the Clown punching bag, a plastic blow-up toy that, well, I'll let Dave explain it. We do have a guest speaker today. I'll introduce you right here. (laughs) Last night... uh, a woman saw him and said, wow, he's a lot better looking than our normal speaker. And I said, come on, Gwen, there's no cause for talk like that. <laughs> I don't know how many of you remember this or old enough remember this, but when I, back when I was a boy, these were in a lot of homes. He didn't have the hair sticking out quite like that, but Bozo was popular because you could whack him and you could kick him and you could bop him. And he'd always come bouncing back. We thought that was the greatest thing in the world, that you could actually beat someone up and it's not your brother. That was a fun thing to do. Bozo has changed a bit in some ways, but in many ways he hasn't. He still doesn't say a whole lot. He still doesn't do a whole lot. But I tell you what, he can still bounce back. He can bounce back like the best of them. Oh, that we could learn his secret. Life comes to us like a flurry of fists. The unemployment slip is laid in our desk. The phone call comes in the night. The doctor's report is grim. The divorce papers arrive in the mail. And down we go. Down we go. For some of you in this room, you know what it's like to receive blow after blow after blow. And at times you think, I'm done. No more getting up. One too many shots. But I'd like to suggest to you that there are others who perhaps have taken more blows than you have who are, in fact, able to get up one more time than they get knocked down. Just like Joseph. Joseph has been our consideration for all these weeks now. I consider Joseph the king of the bounce back. Joseph took blow after blow, when you stop and think about it. His brothers, his own brothers, sell him into slavery. He's purchased on the auction block by a man named Potiphar. Down Joseph goes, knocked to his knees. However, he's able to somehow get back on his feet. Ultimately, he becomes the head steward in Potiphar's household. He's back on his feet again. But he not only has the attention of Mr. Potiphar, he gets the attention of Mrs. Potiphar, and she tried to seduce him, and when he won't lie with her, she lies about him. 
accused of rape. He's tossed into prison one more time, and down he goes. But he gets back up. Over the next years in prison, he gains the trust of the warden of the prison and ultimately is given the position over all of the other prisoners. Among them are two former employees of Pharaoh himself, the ruler of Egypt. The two men each have a dream, and Joseph interprets the dreams, and one of the men is so grateful that he promises to remember Joseph when he gets out. Does he? No. He promptly forgets Joseph for two more years, and Joseph is knocked down again. Ultimately, he bruised and bloodied, gets back to his feet. He's still unbowed, and now he's standing in front of Pharaoh himself because after two years, the employee says, you know, I met a guy when I was in prison, and he had this amazing capacity to interpret dreams. And Pharaoh, who's got some very troubling dreams, sends for Joseph, and there Joseph stands. Joseph calmly and confidently interprets the dreams, and Pharaoh recognizes, wow, there's a lot more to this Hebrew kid than meets the eye. And goes so far as to do the amazing thing of putting Joseph as prime minister over all Egypt. You, Joseph, will be the ones who will help us navigate the seven years of feasting and especially the seven years of famine. Joseph, you'll become prime minister. Back on his feet again. You would think, for good this time. But then when the world begins to come to Egypt for food, in the breadline are his brothers. The same brothers who betrayed him. The memories come back. Resentment, hurt. Down Joseph goes again to his knees. Knocked down again. We studied for a couple weeks how he struggles to forgive this family that has so hurt him. Finally, he gets back up and is able to forgive them and gets back on his feet again, having shed a lot of tears. And now the time comes, and the whole story now has been building up to this. Now the time comes. You see, though he recognized his brothers in the breadline, they did not recognize him. 20 years had passed. But now the time comes when Joseph is going to reveal his identity to his brothers. And that compelling account is found where you opened your Bible to. Genesis 45. Genesis 45. Judah, one of the other ten brothers, the ringleader of the whole slavery scam, has already, in a sense, repented for the group. He's recognized his wrong, and he's repented for the whole group. Now pick it up in 45.1. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants, and he cried out, "'Have everyone leave my presence.'" So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him, and Pharaoh's household heard about it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. For the first time, he now reverts to his Hebrew tongue. Up until now, he spoke to them through an interpreter in Egyptian. Now he speaks in Hebrew, I am Joseph. Ayayi no safe. Ayayi no safe. I am Joseph. I am Joseph. His brothers were not able to answer him. After he asked, Is my father still living? They were terrified, terrified at his presence. Joseph 
said to his brothers, come close to me. Very interesting Hebrew word. The word is nagash. And the word means one of very intimate proximity. What was Joseph saying? Come close to me. I suggest to you, Jack, Jack Hayford suggests this, and I find myself agreeing with him, that Joseph called his brothers to come close to show them something quite personal. I think that Joseph showed his brothers that he was in fact circumcised. The Egyptians didn't do this. Only the Hebrews did this. And I think he showed his brothers that well beyond his clean-shaven cheeks and well beyond 20 years of aging, here was something that could not be denied. He was as Hebrew as they were. Amazing. Amazing. When they'd done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph. At long last, the brothers are reunited. Wow. How could this happen? 20 years. Well, to be sure, this is a God thing through and through. But let me tell you something. If Joseph had chosen to stay down when he got knocked down, I wonder if this ever would have happened. If Joseph would have become embittered, if Joseph would have decided, fine, then I'm just going to live for myself. If Joseph would have done anything except submit to the sovereignty of God and scramble back to his feet in faith, I wonder if this ever would have happened. How did he keep bouncing back? Joseph had a resilience deep down inside of him. Our friend here has something deep down inside of him. It's what makes it possible for him to bounce back. There's about five pounds of sand down here. There's a weightiness to Bozo. He has something deep down inside of him that enables him, when he is knocked down, to get back up. I suggest to you that Joseph had a weightiness deep in his soul. It wasn't a sack of sand. It was a sense of God's sovereignty. Joseph dared to believe over 20 years that his God was in charge of his life. And every time he got knocked down, that sense of sovereignty said, I'm not going to stay down. My God is on the throne. My life is in his hands. There is a future for me. And he got back up. Many times with bruises, many times with tears, but he eventually clambered back to his feet. We pick up on this sense of God's presence in verses 5 to 9. Joseph speaking to his brothers, Do not be distressed. Do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there's been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, they will not be plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, it was God. He, God, made me Pharaoh, father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, ruler of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, this is what your son Joseph says, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Five times in four verses, Joseph says, God did this, God God sent me here. God put me here. God raised me up. My life is about trusting God. 
I'm not at the mercy of circumstances. I'm not at the mercy of situations. I'm even at your mercy, brothers. I trust my God. This is why Joseph was able to regain his feet. You're listening to The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. Dave will be back in just a moment with the rest of his message. If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to subscribe. We'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review. Then share this podcast with your friends and family. If you'd like to support us in this ministry, just go to davedeselmministries.org and click on the donate button. Well, Dave DeSelm Ministries is here to resource everyday pastors so they can equip the everyday people they lead to become everyday disciples. One of those resources is the Everyday Pastor blog. In each post, Dave offers practical insight and personal experience born of over 40 years of pastoral leadership. This weekly blog covers topics everyday pastors and leaders need to strengthen their skills, sharpen their vision, and care for their souls. You can find the Everyday Pastor blog on our website, davedeselmministries.org. And while you're there, click on the subscribe button, and you can have each new post sent directly to your email inbox. Now here's Dave with the conclusion of today's message. I suggest to you that Joseph saw a bigger picture. Joseph saw a bigger picture than those days in prison, than those moments of betrayal, than the times when he got knocked down. Put another way, Joseph refused to let the immediate define the ultimate. He had a long view of things. You see, if all you look at is the immediacy of your current knockdown, it could be a knockout. But if you can take the long view If you can have a bigger picture, if you can have faith that what happens to you always goes through the filter of God's permissive will and is always part of his redemptive purposes, you can get back to your feet. That's what I'm to show you. This is the morning of visual aids. How many of you like to do jigsaw puzzles? Any of you guys like to do jigsaw puzzles? Gwen's family uh, loves to do jigsaw puzzles. I remember back when we were dating, and uh, every holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, there would always be a jigsaw puzzle uh, on the dining room table, part of where we're going to eat. And typically through the day, whether the meal was being prepared or whether the football games were being watched, there would always be one of her parents or one of her siblings hovering over the puzzle. And the goal was to try to get the puzzle done before the, dish, the, the plates had to be put on the table. Interesting thing. Some of the puzzles were doozies. Um, like this one. This one here is over 1,000 pieces. You think, how in the world can you look at all of these crazy pieces and you got this dark piece here and you think, what does this mean? How could this possibly fit? There's only one thing that keeps you from getting discouraged. What is it? you got a picture on the box, and you've got faith that the clown who made this puzzle <laughs> knew exactly what pieces to put in it to make the perfect picture, and that even this dark piece 
which makes no sense by itself, will in fact complete the picture. You begin to get the point here? You can look at what happens to you. Joseph could have looked at what happened to him and say, makes no sense. Makes no sense. Or you could dare to believe that the God who made you, the Jesus who saved you, and the spirit who was at work in you has a perfect picture in mind and that you are becoming for his redemptive purposes something quite beautiful, but it's going to take all kinds of pieces to make it happen. This is how Joseph trusted in God's sovereignty. This is how Joseph got back on his feet. That's why God gave us the Bible. This is why it's so important that we study lives like Joseph's, or David, or Esther, or Daniel. We read of these people's lives, and if you pull out a singular verse, you think, oh my goodness, how could that have made any kind of sense to them? Well, it was fulfilling a picture, wasn't it? That's when you need to regularly say the words of Jesus. That's when you need to read the letters of Paul. Friends, if you are not regularly in God's word, the picture in your mind will fade. You won't see how it's all making sense. But when you become a student of the story, you're able to get back on your feet, even when you got knocked down. Joseph did not only see a bigger picture. Secondly, he saw a better picture. Joseph saw a better picture. It's alluded to in verses 10 and 11. Verses 10 to 11 of this text says, you'll live in the region of Goshen and you'll be near me, you and your children and your grandchildren, your flocks, herds, and all you have. And I'll provide for you there because five years of famine are still to come. Otherwise, you and your household and all who belong to you will become destitute. Joseph recognized that what had happened in his life wasn't just about him. It was about his family. It was about those who would come after him. Can you dare to believe that? That what God is doing in your life, how God is bringing all that together, isn't simply about how you're fitting into his plan, but how your children and your grandchildren, and well beyond that, we part of this incredible picture. Had those brothers not come to Egypt to be cared for by Joseph, the family would have died. Amazing. You might want to add this in your notes. Joseph refused to allow his future hope to be dashed by his present hurt. The present hurts pretty bad, doesn't it? But does it dash your future hope? Your life is a composite of all these pieces. Some of them you wanted. Some of them you didn't. Some of these pieces are wonderful blessings. Some of these pieces are difficult burdens. But every one of them was put into the puzzle of your life by the God who has the picture in mind of what you were supposed to be and how you were supposed to impact the world. And that's why every piece is necessary. You're going to get knocked down again. 
Some of you just got knocked down this past week. You got whacked real hard. Real hard. Real hard. What some people do is say, that's it. And make no mistake, the enemy of your soul is going to whisper, how can God be all-powerful and all-loving to allow that to happen to you? As Job's wife said to him during his suffering, curse God and die. Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. I will not stay down. I have a ballast deep in my soul of God's sovereignty. My times are in his hand. This is part of the puzzle that is me. And I'm going to get back up. And I'm going to trust that one day the puzzle will all make sense. I'm going to choose to trust in verses like Ephesians 1.11. God works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In Romans 8.28, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. In Philippians 1.6, That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion. As surely as God had plans for Joseph under the blessing of his family, so he has plans for you under the blessing of yours. Every piece that is in the box that has your picture on it is one that he wanted there. All of them are necessary. And when you hold onto that, though you get knocked down, you'll get back up yet again. And a watching and wondering world that is really curious, is there anybody who cannot curse God when that happens? Is there anyone who can continue to move forward with confidence? Is there anyone who has that kind of resiliency who can get back to their feet yet again? And they say, what do you have? Say, well, I got something weighty deep down inside of me. And it's not a sack of sand. And they say, well, who do you know? I know the king of kings. As for me, I'm just a bozo. But he is God. Thank you so much for joining us for The Word for Everyday Disciples with Dave DeSelm. If you'd like to let Pastor Dave know how this message has blessed you, send him an email at dave at davedeselmministries.org. Then join us next time as we look to God's Word for help and hope as we follow Jesus every day.